guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about all things influencers, brand ambassador, and their impact. We're going to be breaking down and discussing the 2022 Influencer Marketing Impact Report, how commerce, video content, and platform use are driving the practice of influencer marketing. I have a huge announcement at the end of this podcast. Be ready. Stay in until the end. This really talks about why influencers are so important, why they're so impactful, how our consumers are more conscious than ever. And so if you are an aspiring influencer, if you are a company looking to build an ambassador influencer program, or if you are looking to get a high level job in the influencer space, coordinating influencer programs or what have you, this is a conversation for you to listen in and dig in on why this is such an evolving space and such an impactful space because it is the marketing of the right now and of the future. So enjoy this conversation. Listen to our announcement at the end and be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts and look for the video on YouTube. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm excited to be here today with you. We've got an exciting conversation. You know I am passionate about marketing and branding and influencers, aka ambassadors. And I have some exciting data to share about where influencer marketing was, where it's going, how impactful influencers are. I'm always seeking out good data that can show this and prove it because I'm so passionate about companies aligning with the right voices. And through that, they can um, reverberate their message. It's so much bigger than sales and just creating and chasing that bottom line. It's about uh, making money, of course, but uniting mission-driven humans with mission-driven companies. And then collectively, we've got better companies doing better things. And that can go all the way up the chain to um, you know, social and racial justice, things in our political system, big food and big pharma. Like if we can get the money, we can get the power. As Lauren Hill says, I quote that on many of my podcasts. It's true. So it's so much bigger than just getting um, influencers and companies together and then making money. It's really about positive, radical social change, which is turmeric and tequila why we're here. So I'm excited. We're going to jump in. And then I have an exciting announcement at the end of this uh, that has been a long time in the making, but it's finally here. So we're going to talk about it. But this is a the 2022 Influencer Marketing Impact Report. It's coming from Tracker. Uh, this is a great report. They're big in the influencer industry and um, their ability to really put their data together. This is their... I guess, disclaimer information. This report is produced by Tracker, the data-driven influencer marketing platform. We were founded over 10 years ago with the aim of understanding the impact that people and their social content have online. Today, we power influencer marketing programs for the world's largest and fastest growing brands. Tracker has hubs in New York City, San Francisco, Boston, London, Paris, Singapore. You can see them at tracker.com. We'll post this information, but it's really great. These guys do a really great job of pulling data together. I mean, they're essentially, I guess, competitors quote air quotes if you're not watching some video of KO Alliance, but mindset abundance. I actually love working with larger companies and seeing how they do things or if they outsource us to do, you know, different kinds of projects that we specialize in. Um, I love it. So I love leaning in and highlighting what they're doing, what they have going on, and then the data they put together for uh, everybody really to share and understand. And I know you can hear me talk about, you know, influencers are great all day long and this is why it's so good. But when you have hardcore data to fall back on, 
it, it just makes everybody sleep better at night, especially my future clients. So um, we're going to dive into this. So let's go. Uh, they jump in right away with influencer marketing investments are expected to grow to $5 billion next year in the U.S. alone. But given the constant evolution of social and creator, eco creator ecosystems, what is the most impactful way to put these investments to use? How can they make sure that they're investing the right social platforms, brand initiatives, and influencer strategies? Tracker's 2022 Influencer Marketing Impact Report analyzes survey data from 1,000 Gen Zers and millennials to better understand how influencers content and social platforms have shifted consumer behavior. This report also provides a snapshot of brand budgets, team structures, and influencer marketing strategies via survey data from 500 US-based marketers. So this is awesome. You can see this from three from three different angles. And I hope if you are an aspiring influencer, this is data you got to know. If you're a company that's thinking about building out an influencer program, which you absolutely should be regardless of what you are, from podcasts to big, huge financial companies to consumer packaged goods, everyone should have an influencer program in some capacity. It's absolutely the most cost and time effective way to market, but it's a way to demonstrate trust. And this, this study further shows how important that is and how consumers are purchasing. But this is going to kind of unpack uh, why you should be doing all these things. And then it gives good examples of what different platforms are doing, what, what are most impactful. So lots of good um, golden gems in this. Platforms and content. YouTube makes a comeback. The influx of social platforms has undoubtedly benefited influencers and brands alike. However, many are still unsure which platforms to be most of most effective in reaching their audiences. When asked which social platforms they use most regularly, at least once a week, consumers ranked YouTube number one, with Instagram coming in second, Facebook third, TikTok fourth, and Snapchat fifth. Reddit and Pinterest nearly tied for sixth, with Twitter trailing in seventh place. Meanwhile, marketers responded that they use Facebook the most for influencer marketing, 68%, followed by Instagram, 63%, and YouTube, 48%. Does this mean that marketers should rethink their strategies to align uh, with these with these consumer report preferences? Uh, and, and they actually ask an expert, and I'm going to read that quote. This is really interesting. YouTube has come number one, and I absolutely think this is generational. You can kind of see, you know, TikTok or, or um, Instagram, you know, was kind of the buzz, or initially Facebook was the buzz, and then it started to get more and more mature, older audiences. TikTok and Instagram started to take off, and, you know, both of them were thriving off video, which YouTube was doing first. So then YouTube has really become the source of information or place where you go to like YouTube university to figure out how to do anything. And now they've introduced shorts, which are like mini clips, if you don't know, um, to compete with Instagram and TikTok. So all these guys are kind of, you know, trying to keep up with one another, but video by far is really taking over. And that's how, you know, our millennials are Gen Zers, but really everybody is consuming their information as a marketing professional. They say, you know, what do you, Pick which platform is most desirable or most fitting for your audience or product. Absolutely. Obviously, I always suggest you do all of them if you have the budget and bandwidth. But if not, I always say you do one or two of them very, very well. That's if you're a company, if you're an individual influencer, if you're just doing it for yourself. Do one or two of them really well, but if you can, do all of them. But if you're marketing, 100% figure out what your demographic is and where that demographic fits the best in these different platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. And this study is available. I'll put the link up. I think you do have to download it, but these are really great things. You can look at the percentages of uh, millennials versus Gen Z. 
And Aaron Kelly, the Director of Integrated Communications and Influencer Engagement at Shisidio, I might not be saying that correctly. She says the, dif it, the difficult yet exciting part about social media influencer marketing is that the environment is always changing. To stay agile, our team analyzes multiple layers of data so we can identify what's working with what to experiment with. The data-driven approach gives gave us a clear focus for YouTube in the coming year, create long-form educational content that will build credibility amongst beauty enthusiasts. So this is about the, the beauty market specifically, but they are doing data and a constant analysis because the landscape is changing all the time. So if you are in the influencer space or your company um, is doing marketing around influencers, you have to know that you've got to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on because it's changing at all times. But the good news is you can maneuver your plan. If you've got humans, ambassadors in real life, it's it's a matter of communication. It's not this hard-driven strategy of like, we've got you know $10 million going to commercials for X, Y, and Z for the next six months. You got people so you can audible and work with them and have real conversation and evolve with them as the landscape evolves. Just another reason why working with humans is amazing. Um, this goes on. Video takes over as top content. Talking about video more. The popularity of YouTube might be due to a long to a larger shift in the way that consumers engage with content. A few years ago, highly polished Instagram photos were seen as engaging. Now, 45% of all consumers say that short videos are the most engaging content type. Furthermore, options about other content types vary between Gen Zers and millennials. For example, Gen Zers gravitate more towards long video and live streaming where stagnant photos and written photos draw more millennials. We are seeing this consumer shift towards video content in social data too, says Evie Lyons, chief marketing officer at Tracker. Over the past year, certain categories of influencers, influencer content have seen decreases in likes and comments, but stark increases in video views. We think this is because consumers are more likely to show interest in video content by simply watching or rewatching the post instead of clicking or commenting. So this is interesting. We are millennials or Gen Zers. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure which one. I know the birthday's constantly moving, but whatever one of those I do or don't fall into, we are watching video more and it's quicker, it's digestible. So we actually have to kind of do less. Like if you're looking at a photo, it's stagnant and then you go to comment it. To me, my version is there's a couple more steps there versus if you've got content, a video content, and you're positioning value in that. So here's how to do something or do this or, or whatever, you know, the, like the TikTok, the three bu bubbles, and then someone's pointing at it or something. There's content of value. So now, and YouTube is YouTube University, putting out content of value has, has seemed to be a continued growing and um, increasing theme of importance as time goes on. So it's not just like basic content anymore. We actually have to be out here doing something, saying something, providing value to our listeners and consumers. Content preference by generation. Millennials are 3% more likely to find stagnant photos more engaging than Gen Z. 5% more likely to find written posts more engaging than Gen Z. Gen Zers are 8% more likely to find long videos more engaging than millennials. 3% more likely to find live streaming more engaging than millennials. So this is kind of what the, the beginning of the data said where you're literally putting your marketing towards your specific audience. You can even see between millennials and Gen Zers how these little different for like short form versus long form content can really make a difference. So you really obviously want to know your target market. I still say if you have the budget bandwidth to do both, do. But be intentional with that content, how your um 
marketing it and like maybe the key messaging changes, you know, for the different generational situation, whatever. Social commerce and purchase behavior. Now, this is the one I'm exciting about, excited about because it's talking about our consumers and it's talking about how this consumer is way more conscious, way more aware of their choice point and just doing things with more intention. This is what our world needs. Meta, which owns um, Facebook and Instagram, if you don't know who they are, dig in. It's Facebook and Instagram owners. Uh, Meta ranked as top choice for social commerce. Social media is no longer just a place to consume content. It's now a place to shop. Consumers can discover, evaluate, and purchase products in the blink of an eye. And while browsing social feeds, in fact, just over half, 51% of consumers, said that they would follow a brand's social media profiles for product recommendations and deals, while only 39% said they would want community and educational content. So this is literally showing us that more than half of the people and the consumers out there are following because these are brands that they actually like. It's not just educational, fun, you know, entertaining content. These are brands they support. This is a big deal in the marketing world. That being said, folks appear to have specific preferences for what social platforms they use for purchasing products. While consumers had selected YouTube as their most used platform, they ranked Instagram and Facebook at the top platforms for purchasing products. So number one, Facebook, number two, Instagram, number three, YouTube, number four, TikTok, and number five, Pinterest. This I found interesting as an individual because when you think what's marketing to you, for me, it's usually, I'm not on Facebook a ton. I am for my business, but personally, not that much. I just kind of let my Instagram feed populate my Facebook feed. But but when I'm shopping something or, you know, universe records what I'm saying and it happens to pop up on one of my feeds because everyone's listening, I um, I have certainly purchased. I kind of avoid that now because I know the data is being recorded somewhere and it's creepy. But anytime I bought something, it's popped up on my Facebook or Instagram ads. So when you think about that, that makes sense. It's very interesting that YouTube is used so differently. But in my personal use, like if I'm on YouTube, do I ever see the ads? Or if you know, if I do see the ads, do I click on them? I don't. So I don't really know why that is. But I do think people have gotten more comfortable purchasing off Instagram and Facebook. So I think companies are doing a good job. They're um, nailing their marketing. They're nailing their demographic. They're buying the right data from someone somewhere. So it's working. So if you're out there, you know, seeking social commerce, that means to sell online, Facebook and Instagram are probably your go-tos. Always dig in where you can, but that's, you know, that this 10,000 foot view is telling you. Consumers show appetite for lifestyle products. This is another major point. Consumers also prefer to buy certain types of products on social media. 49% said said that they are more likely to buy fashion products, while 44% said beauty and personal care and 40% said electronics. However, this ranking changed slightly when indexed against the top platforms used for social uh, commerce. See below. Different generations also reported distinct differences. Millennials were 10% more likely to buy home goods, 7% more likely to buy health and wellness products than Gen Z. Top purchase types that consumers are likely to purchase on social media, fashion, number one, beauty and personal care, number two, electronics, number three, home home goods, number four, and number five, health and wellness. Again, apply this to your own world just to see where this fits. And usually the statistics make sense. I It's funny because back in the day, people were like, I don't want to buy online because I can't try it on. And now every or most people are buying their fashion online. And to me, 
that's harder to make it work as a consumer than electronics or home goods. Like the couch is probably going to fit in the room. I don't know if these pants are going to fit. So uh, that, to me, that's personally interesting that more and more we're buying fashion off there. And I have to say, I've done that more just out of convenience. And I've been super happy with the way things have fit, the process. So I think, again, companies are just doing a, a better job of letting you try on kind of digitally or really breaking down details. Um, they're getting in there. It just makes the shopping experience so much easier. The malls, I don't know what you're going to do long-term malls, but I'm curious to see how this shakes out. Top product types uh, by preferred social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, fashion was number one. Beauty and personal care was number two. Electronics, number three. YouTube was electronics was number one. Food and beverage, number two. Fashion, number three. TikTok, fashion was number one. Beauty and personal care, number two. Or yeah, number two. And food and beverage, number three. Pinterest, fashion, number one. Beauty and personal care, number two. Health and wellness, number three. So they're all kind of close. Uh, the only, I mean, fashion was at the top of all of them, except YouTube electronics was top number one and everything I've used for YouTube. I've gone, how do I use this microphone? How do I use this video camera? Whatever. So that kind of makes again, personal sense. Always apply it to your personal world just to see if these, these studies make sense. Cause even though it's, you know, one person, one stat, if it makes sense in your world, I mean, it just makes this a little bit more valid and a little bit easier to connect to. Influencers drive purchases. This is another major highlight and why KO Alliance, we are so excited about what we get to do in working with people and brands. Consumers are ready to purchase products on social platforms, but what helps convince them? Our survey found that 70% of consumers factor influencers into their purchase decisions with 59% stating that they look to influencers for product recommendations. Brands already seem to know this and, and are ramping up activity. A tracker analysis of 40,371 influencers content, influencers content revealed that the number of sponsored posts have increased by 23% year over year, June 2020 to 2021 versus June 2021 to May 2022. 70%, um, so the three the stats, 70% of consumers are more likely to buy a product from a brand that they that work with an influencer that they know and trust. 59% of consumers are at least somewhat likely to purchase a product because it was recommended by an influencer. 23% increase uh, increase in influencer posts marked by marked as sponsored. This is extraordinary. 70% of consumers are more likely to buy something from someone they trust. So the deeper conversation is how do we then as a company or as an influencer be that person of trust? And it's going to lead into our announcement at the end, but this is great companies. You have to spend time recruiting the right, authentic, truly aligned ambassadors to represent you. So your audience can trust them and and influencers as individuals, or if you're an aspiring influencer and ambassador, you've got to work with companies that you authentically support and that you actually like and that you really that you love and that they, people can trust at your word. So it, it doesn't serve you to just take money from whoever. It's got to be something that you know, like, and trust because the audience is going to see through it. And the last thing you want to do is bring the wrong stuff to your audience where it doesn't seem authentic. And then you dilute your own personal brand. So everybody loses when we're not going the authenticity route. Product quality remains top consideration, but purpose raises value. This is new, even in 2022, or it's continuing to get bigger. We talk a lot about the Edelman study um, that came out, I think, one or two years ago of how they just showed of the long-winded study was fabulous. We can put that link up. But basically, that people are purchasing um, companies uh, based on their trust more than they love 
the product or whatever. So they're going with trust, values, mission. All this is playing into the consumer's decision more and more than ever. So all the more reason you've got to be working and operating and running your company with your mission-driven core values, heart-centered compass, like all the things we thought were fluff before, it's got to be real and you got to be doing something bigger. Otherwise, you're going to lose out to the companies that are. And ambassadors, the same thing. In addition to influencers, our survey found that certain brand product qualities play a big role in purchase decisions. Consumers said that product quality was the most important factor, followed by sustainability and affordable prices. In addition, 67% of consumers said that corporate social responsibility initiatives are either somewhat or very important in their decision to purchase from, spe from a specific brand. Further, 66% of consumers are willing to pay a higher price for a product made by a brand that aligns with their values. I will say this again. 66% of consumers are willing to pay a higher price for a product made by a brand that aligns with their values. So here we have old school Walmart crushing the game with their EDLP everyday low price. That's fine. It speaks to a demographic. And now there's a whole other demographic out there that is shopping brands that align with their core values. This is so magical and so intentional. And there's so much opportunity to disrupt what's going on, all the things we need to do. If we're buying from companies with this intentional situation or they're giving back to different causes, we're, we're elevating these companies to the next level and they can further disrupt some of these systems that are in play that need that are outdated and need to be gone. And in turn, we're not only you know having uh, an economic ecosystem here, we're, we're doing and we're facilitating other things for the the greater good, nonprofits, activations, sustainability, environmental stuff, um, social conversation, um, all these, we're just impacting things on a larger level. So the consumer is savvier than ever. You need to get these right influencers. This statement, um, this statement is reflected in the types of brands that have emerged over the past few years in the beauty industry, specifically like brands like Rare Beauty and Thrive Cosmetics have gained popularity due to their strong missions and value-driven initiatives. So if you are a human out there or a company out there, there's already your company's already about your, your core values and your missions or what have you, put it on blast. Let the people know. Be transparent. They're going to find out anyways. But it, it serves you. It's to your advantage to highlight your core values, to, to say why you started your company. Um, you know, maybe it's crackers that are gluten-free because your kid can eat gluten or whatever. Or you want to save the earth so you're using sustainable packaging. Whatever. This is the day and age where you're talking about this stuff. And not only are you talking about it, consumers are listening and then purchasing because of it. So get out there. And we have more mission-driven companies doing things the right way than ever. So now is the time. If you always wanted to start a company because of these mission, vision, values, whatever, this, this, is, the, this is the time. Top reasons for purchasing products ranked by all consumers. Number one, product quality. Number two, sustainability. Number three, affordable price. Sustainability above affordable price is insane. That's so amazing. Uh, if you're in marketing and branding, you get it and you know. And even if not, as a consumer, if you're thinking, you know what, I'm actually going to just spend $2 more for this more expensive thing, but I know it goes to a good place. We are practicing kindness and gratitude and intentionality on such a larger level, maybe not even coherently, but it's a bigger, it's such a bigger, bigger deal. And there's just higher vibrations happening. I won't go too deep into the woo, but some graceful disruptions happening all the way around in these, in these small decisions. 68% of consumers are willing to pay a higher price for a product made by a brand that, that aligns with their values. We said that a couple of times before we're saying it again, it's huge. 
As brand champions, it is our responsibility to bring social purpose to our communities. Now more than ever, brands should be considering how to bring their audience together and examine the social impact they can truly have. This is something Thrive Cosmetics has always stood for. Our mission to be bigger than beauty is behind all that we do, and we make sure our customers know that. That's from Tiffany D. Carter. She's the Vice President of Integrated Marketing at Thrive Cosmetics. That's what's up. They're putting it out there. There's so many brands that are doing it, and there's so many consumers consuming because of it. So the next layer of that is getting your ambassadors, your influencers, the ones that bleed it to get in it so they can even further trust the mission, but further trust the human and further align with this uh, cosmetic industry or Thrive Cosmetics, the group. And then from that, you have community. We talk a lot about that on KO Alliance and on the podcast. It's not just about sales. You're, you're, you're aligning mission-driven humans through your product and services and you're facilitating community. Huge. Influencer marketing strategies. Investment in influencer marketing grows. Influencers are key in facilitating certain consumer behaviors. So how are brands reacting? According to our survey, 68% of marketers have relatively young influencer marketing programs, one to four years old, in their organizations. Despite the relatively new programs, budgets are sizable. 51% of marketers say that they spend between 50K and 500K per year, and 15% reported they spend 1 million plus. So these are young marketing initiatives, one to four years, brand ambassador, influencer programs, and yet they're spending, you know, a million dollars, 50,000 to $1 million plus. Why? Because it's working. So if you've got these mission-driven companies, you're using mission-driven humans, your ambassadors, your influencers, to facilitate that gospel, we are putting out this elevated energy, consciousness, products, ecosystem into the everyday arena of our consumers. Everything is leveling up. However, there, are still, there still seems to be a debate about where the practice of influencer marketing should sit within an organization. Generally, larger companies, 51 to 1,000 employees, feel influencer marketing should be handled by social digital teams, while smaller organizations, 50 employees or less, say it should be sit with brand marketing. How long has your organization had an influencer marketing program? And then it kind of just shows uh, one to four years, and it's, you know, one year is 12%. One to two years is 37%, uh, three to four years is 30%, and less than four years is 20%. So, or more than four years. So again, these are all brand new, but it's working. So this is, even though we've been talking about influencers forever and influencer marketing and blah, 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 it's all changing. The influencers are getting smarter. They're handling like a business. The business are getting smarter on how to work with influencers. They're handling like more, better, better as a business within a business. And everything is just getting better and elevating. So even though it's been a conversation we've been talking about, it's really just becoming formalized and, and more impactful than it ever has been right now. So you need to be getting an influencer program if you're a business. And if you're out there aspiring to be an influencer, now's the time especially if you're a core value mission-driven human. Find the companies you love. How much do you spend on influencer programs? This just breaks down that same chart. 19% said 50K or less. 25% said 50 to 200K. 25% 200 to 500K. 15% 500K to 1 million. 10% 1 to 5 million. And then 5% 5 million or more. So these are massive companies, but even for a large company, $5 million for an influencer program is pretty darn solid. Large and small influencer programs make an impact. So major key piece here, doesn't matter how big or small your company is, you can customize your program accordingly, but regardless, it is impactful. Regardless of the longevity or size of influencer marketing programs, surveyed marketers still report that this channel is extremely effective. More than half 
of marketers, 54% stated that influencer marketing has successfully increased brand awareness and even more significantly, 82% acknowledged its impact in driving sales. 82%. I'm going to read these stats again. 54% of marketers strongly agree that influencer marketing has successfully increased brand awareness. 82% of marketers or uh, of of marketers at least somewhat agree that influencer marketing has successfully driven sales. Um, strategy breakdown influencers into tiers. They talk about, well, this is like the different levels of influencers, like smaller, you know, thousand followers or less up to, you know, millions of followers. It says surprisingly marketers from brands of all sizes, even small brands with limited budgets still see VIP, celebrity, and top influencers as the most important tiers. Influencers with large audiences have often been embarked as uh, or as earmarked as having the ability to generate awareness from a single post. However, while survey respondents favored big influencers, tracker data shows that nano are micro-influencers that post sponsored content see efficient results. This is huge. We've talked about this with KO Alliance and on Tumor Contigula quite a bit. Where if you've got, you know, the Kim Kardashians and these guys, yes, they're going to get thousands of um, views and likes or maybe millions and they'll see it. So their posts are powerful. However, when you have that influencer that has a million um, branding signs in their yard, it's hard to see past who they're who they're supporting and who they love. There's so many companies they're working with. When you have like a nano or micro influencer, you know, smaller followings, they might have one or two partners or maybe just one and they talk about it and they bleed it and whatever. And their, their audience really, really trusts them. You might see more return ROI from that smaller influencer than the big one because the big one, like they might just be fans or celebrities. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy your $7 protein shake. If you've got this local fitness influencer where they've got, you know, a thousand followers and 250 of them avidly follow them and, and watch what they do and take their word to heart, they might buy, you know, 500 protein shakes. So it's not always about the size of the following. Paid collaborations trends year over year. So this is June 2020 to May 2021 versus June 2021 to May 2022. Uh, the nano influencers, that's 1000 followers. Uh, influencers are 83%, post 91%, video views 83%, macro or micro influencers, that's 10,000 plus followers, 45% influencers, 69% posts, and 512% video views. Mids, it kind of just breaks down. And obviously, the bigger they get, the VIP, so that's 5 million followers or more. Influencers are 18%, posts are 15%, video views 1%. So, just like picking out the right social media platform for your product and service, you want to find the correct influencer. Again, before the numbers, please go after core values and authenticity. That's what the, this whole study states in the beginning. But then from there, find the right uh, influencer that has the, the right following, numbers, audience, authenticity, the way they engage. Like really dig into it outside of just the number of followers. Do not underestimate the power of smaller influencers at image skincare. Estheticians have always been part of our foundation. Not only is our founder, Jana uh, Ronert, an esthetician, we partner with these skin pros to drive growth for our social and e-commerce platforms and have seen incredible results. Even though our estheticians are micro and mid and mid-tier influencers, they drove over 60% of the share of voice EMV in the past year. We have also seen higher revenue on average. Though estheticians discount codes um, uh, than other non-professionals. In fact, our top performing esthetician partner is driving ROAS of 27 years to date. So that's from Linda 
Papa Waitach. I'm not, I'm sorry, I did not say that name correctly. Director of social media influencer and PR at Image Skincare. Uh, my good friend, Ashley, she's been on Tumor and Tequila. She's an esthetician and um, business professional. She partners with them. I use some of their stuff because she recommended it. They're phenomenal. And I remember telling her, I'm like, I think that's so cool. They make it so accessible for estheticians to align with them. And what a great business idea because then you've got professionals in the game that are literally professionals in it reverberating their gospel and using their products that's a win-win strategy breakdown partnership types when asked about partnership types marketers started stated that frequent gifting or product seeding is an important strategy 37 percent of marketers reported that seeding gifted products on a quarterly basis while 34 percent said they do it on a monthly basis even more surprising marketers reported that partnerships are fairly short-lived 30 percent of marketers said they typically sign three to six month contracts with influencers and 27 percent said they typically sign contracts for less than three months these numbers did not stay, stay consistent between in-house and external agencies. 12% of marketers from PR communication agencies were more likely to report signing single post contracts with influencers. So this is interesting. Back in the day, it was very high turnover. You're kind of paying per post. You're doing that. KO Alliance and what we do, we really do work to facilitate long-term mutually beneficial relationships. So that's what the companies in, in between the ambassadors or the influencers, we want you sticking around. We want you guys to develop something real to continue to build and grow your relationship, not only because it's better for every, the, you know, the communication and the deal set up between the two, but then the audience gets to see how truly aligned with, with the companies um, or the influencers that you are for the long long term and that just shows credibility it shows authenticity and it shows that you're not just you know doing a paper post quick type of situation you're really finding out people that bleed it and you're facilitating relationship for the long term it just creates that value and that connection even more um, average length of influencer contracts it just says 16 percent one time 27 percent three months or less 30 percent three to six months and then 18 percent six months so it sounds like the sweet spot is three to six months that makes sense again we try and do at least one year or longer we really want to set it up and i feel like we take a lot of time to do in um the recruiting and get the right people so it is long term so we spend a lot more time on the front end so then on the back end when we're off and running and the partnership is aligned it stays in place and it stays for much longer so we're doing that initial process actually less nurturing long-term partnerships with influencers leads to greater impact overall for the brand said holly jackson global director of professional services at tracker when consumers can tell that there is a genuine long-term relationship between an influencer they trust and a brand it increases the chance of consumer uh, increase the chance a consumer will act on their recommendations we will also see how longer-term partnerships create more opportunities for spont spontaneous content between campaigns which also drives awareness and consideration so she said it more eloquently than I did, but the longer you are together, the more value it shows in the partnership. Strategy breakdown management. An influencer marketing program uh, programs mature and marketers look to scale. One of the biggest roadblocks has always been measurement. However, this is no longer due to the lack of data, but to the lack of coordination and, and transparency. An aggregation of all marketing marketer responses ranked engagements as the most important metric to track, followed by sales. However, these rank, rankings differ depending on respondents' role and levels of ex expertise. The number one metric to track is sales, according to marketing executives, engagements, according to communication executives, mid-level marketers, entry-level communication. This has always been a challenge for us at KO Alliance because we know it works. We see it. I mean, even when you're watching a commercial, you're not in someone's house seeing who actually watched the commercial and then went and bought that burger because they saw the commercial on TV. There's like Nielsen sound skinned ratings that they can tell you. 
But the reality is influencer marketing, I feel like they're the most critical on, and it makes sense because you need to show where there's ROI. You have to show what's working, but it's still pretty hard. And sales, that's always the bottom line. But that doesn't mean, you know, sales aren't, um, it, they are everything. So if, you know, if you've got a product and, you know, if you sold, you know, X amount of units, but the brand awareness was huge. You had, you know, six huge events. You've got seven influencers that are talking about it and the sales just haven't like, you know, fully kicked on yet. That awareness is still worthy. It's still valuable. That is traditional marketing. It's just like a TV commercial or anything else. Influencer marketing is the same thing. Influencer marketing, people just want to put more of a pin on why are we doing this? What does it make sense? Well, I mean, how many people drive past a banner and then do you know, or, um, uh, a billboard and and you can go like, oh, well, they saw that billboard. So they went to the store and they bought that protein shake. No, you don't, you can't tell that, but is it out there working? Yes. So even if I don't have uh, a calculator or a tracker or someone, you know, tracking that ROI, we know it's working. I'm still here for trackers and KPIs and ROI. And I, yes, I'm here for it. But I think when you're looking at the metrics, you've got to look at sales engagement, all this other side stuff um, to see if this campaign is really worthwhile. And nine times out of 10, if you've done it correctly, it is. You just can't see all the measurables. You also have to let some time play out so you can see these major measurables, measurables play out. Performance metrics are great, but they don't give you a concrete understanding of how to improve. This is why it's critical for marketers to also leverage cost equivalency and spend efficiency metrics. Spend efficiency, cost per post, cost per video, etc. will give you a clear video of where your dollars go and how to optimize spending. Cost equivalency can give you an overview of performance while also providing a breakdown of the levers uh, that are leading to success. Going beyond traditional performance KPIs is what will actually help brands arrive at a smarter strategy. This is Holly Jackson, Global Director of Professional Services at Tracker. It's really just saying, take the 10,000 foot view, see all of it. It's just like in sports and teams, you know, you got your stats, you got your goals, blocks, whatever, but can you measure hustle and heart and leadership? Are they important? Absolutely. So pull back and make sure you can see all the things of what makes your influencer program successful, impactful, and worthwhile. Conclusion, it's clear that influencer marketing is an effective yet consistently evolving channel for reaching consumers as consumer behaviors on social media shift, so should influencer marketing strategies with platform and content format proliferation. It's unlikely that one platform will ever rule them all. We now live in a world where consumers are using multiple platforms on a daily basis, not to mention each generation has differentiated preferences for social media consumption. As marketers continue to grow their partnerships with influencers and uh, and increase their investments in paid collaborations, it's essential to maintain test, learn, scale uh, mentality. Keep an open mind, experiment with new tactics, measure progress, and double down as you find success. success. Methodology. This report was created by Tracker, the systems of record for data-driven influencer marketing. You can learn more at tracker.com and find out two surveys were conducted for this report using the online survey platform, um, Pollfish. The sample of 500 individuals in the United States was surveyed between May 9th, 2022 and May 10th, 2022. The margin of error is 4.38%. No additional uh, weightlifting is done to initiate sample. Um, the samples of 1,000 individuals in the United States were surveyed between the same dates. Um, this is all good. You can kind of see it. Here's my thing with any sort of study. 
it you could take it as a grain of salt. But if you can see a few studies that are kind of saying the same thing, this study, the Edelman study, there's another one I had on here, influencer marketing, how it works and why it's so effective. This was August 25th, 2022, um, audience intelligence, guest blog, influencer identification and, and attribution. This was done by statsocial.com. Read them all, dig into it, Google this, fact check everything, and you will see no matter what the stats are, the actual numbers are, influencer marketing is very, very important, very, very impactful. And the through line is that people actually do trust people. Just like in business, we want to work with people we know, like, and trust. Those are the ambassadors that you need to hire if you've got any sort of company of service or mission or agenda. And that's the kind of ambassador influencer you need to be if you want to be a professional ambassador influencer someone that they can know, like, and trust and um, align with. And if you find the right companies, you're bleeding something that you love anyways, everybody is winning. So what is the point of me telling all this and getting so hyped about this? Well, one, I know it works and this is why I love and I'm so appreciative that I get to do what I get to do with KO Alliance. But more importantly, when I started CRS Lacrosse, Colorado Rising Stars Lacrosse, way back in the day out of college, I noticed immediately, I didn't even really understand diversity and inclusion or strategic partnerships or anything. Lacrosse changed my life. And I was so passionate about making it accessible to everyone because it brought the best friends in my world. It brought me business opportunity, took me all over the world for traveling and seeing different cultures so much opportunity, but it was hard to get into. And it was traditionally just rich white kids um, playing lacrosse. So when I started it, we just did stuff, all of our camps, tournaments, and team sales for free. And we navigated these partnerships. It was about accessibility. So that's a whole podcast, but fast forward, I really do want these brand ambassadors and marketing um, programs accessible. So we are officially launching our first KO Alliance course, and it's about the how, what, and why of influencers. If you're an influencer in the game and you want to level up, you want to understand the influencer business and what contracts look like and everything else, it's all in there. If you're a business and you want to start an influencer program, brand ambassador program, the how, the why, talking about core values, mission-driven humans, how to recruit. Everything is in there. And um, if you're an aspiring company to uh, that wants to just be an influencer program specifically or someone that wants to work within the industry, you should download this course because then you'll know if you want to get, you know, there's thousands of jobs right now on LinkedIn that are specific around brand ambassadors and influencers, managing talent, whatever. You can download this course, come ready and equipped to go take one of those jobs with all the forms, all the contracts, all the how-tos, all the baseline core value-driven um, uh, agenda around how to put together this course. It's all in there. I'm going to make it available. Um, it's going to be half price come this Black Friday, uh, right after Thanksgiving. So if you're listening to this after that, the price will go up, but it's the, the point is accessibility. And it's literally my 20 years of work put into like an hour and I think it's an hour and a half, two hours of a course with everything there, the how-to, all the forms, sample contracts. It's literally basically 20 years of work compiled into this course so you can do all this stuff yourself. Become an influencer or level up in your influencer game. Build an ambassador or influencer program for your company or take the course so you can learn ambassador influencers and then get a, a larger job at a company that's specifically hiring for brand ambassador influencers. So 
that's going to be out. That's our big announcement. I'm super excited about it. It's quick. It's raw. It's to the point. It's super affordable. And I packed as much value in there as I could so we can really get the right people, mission-driven humans, mission-driven ambassadors, mission-driven companies all together so we are collectively working towards the greater good to disrupt some of these bigger traditional systems, but also just level up the game of um, our leaders and our influencers out there that do have a voice and have impact and our companies that are you know doing things the right way. Let's get them on the next level and be seen so more people purchase from them and all this intentionality just grows and builds as we get you know the like-minded humans together uh gracefully disrupting things out here so thank you for bearing with me today i have a cold i know it's brutal i'm sorry about that it's going around but i did not want to show up today i wanted to get this out here um, check out our course. All feedback is welcome. These courses are going to continue to come out. We're going to continue to evolve as the landscape evolves around brand ambassadors and influencers. So stick with us. But I appreciate you. Have a wonderful holiday or whatever your next day is if you're not listening to this during the holiday season. Go get yourself some ambassadors or recognize the responsibility that you probably are an ambassador influencer right now. And we're out here to, to gracefully disrupt. So let's do it. Have a great day. I'll see you soon. Cheers. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.